Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Walk On Radio, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. Hey, I just wanted to come on here for a second before we get on to the episode and kind of thank everybody for the reactions of last episode. It was uh, it was something I wanted to get off my chest for a while and just kind of talk about my, my story, my truth a little bit. You've heard my story when I started, and now you get to kind of see the end, the end journey for me. And so I really appreciate the genuine comments I got and how everyone enjoyed it and the positive feedback. And like I said, I'm excited to continue on with with the show and bringing more content to you. But let's get on to the episode. Today, we're going to talk about the NFL and we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Just kind of recap some things. Uh, I know I missed the the majority of the season, but uh, we're going to talk about some things, talk about the honors, the NFL honors, and of course, the big thing, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, the big game that just happened. And of course, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs get the win. They are the Super Bowl champions, Patrick Mahomes, MVP, Two-time MVP, not only two-time in terms of his career, but two times this year as he was the most valuable player and the Super Bowl MVP. So let's get on with the episode. Starting off, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. We all know that's my team. Hump is a Cowboys fan, and Cowboys fan had a little better journey than we did, but the Packers, yikes. It was a it's, It was a rough season. We knew it was coming. It was something that... Look, when you have a young team like you do and you got players that need to develop, it's not going to be sunshines and rainbows. You're not going to be able to do what you do every year. So, of course, there were some positives and there were some negatives about the season for the Green Bay Packers. And I think one of the positive is Christian Watson. Excuse me, Christian. What a player that he became. And, of course, it took a little bit because in the beginning of the year, we saw some drops. We saw some... You know, plays that were questionable, and it came down to, is he ready for the spotlight? Then all of a sudden, he blows up. He becomes one of the leading rookies in touchdowns, and he just does a fantastic job. So I think we are set. I don't want to say we're set. We're not set at receiver. We have a guy that we can trust, and I would say we have Alan Lazard, but I don't know now. I hear Alan Lazard played his last game as a Green Bay Packer. He, he wants to go out in free agency because he is a free agent at the end of the year. So, I mean, that would suck. That's something that I don't want to happen. But if it is, it is. Um, we have Christian Watson, and we can build on that. We have Romeo Dubes or Romeo Dobbs, however you say it. Dude's an athlete. Dude's a stud. He can jump. He can make catches. He can make plays. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of the team. But I think it's going to be a couple of years of transition. And, of course, the main issue with that is – Aaron Rodgers. Where does Aaron Rodgers go? Does he stay a Packer? Does he retire? Does he move on? There's a lot of things that have to be answered, and they haven't been answered yet because it's kind of on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. Now, what do I think personally as a fan? I want him to stay. And and this, this is what frustrates me about Packer fans is what I've noticed being on Packer Twitter and just kind of staying along with Packer social media is how fast we turn as a fan base how fast we turn on players okay this wasn't Rodgers' best year obviously but he was still putting up better numbers than a lot of players and also we can't forget what he's done to the franchise once Brett Favre left Rodgers took over the mantle and next thing you know we have a, a team that has continuously gone to the playoffs and won a Super Bowl now 
the playoffs, do we blame Aaron Rodgers? I mean, of course he has some blames for losing a couple of the games. But he also is the reason that we're in the game. So the fact that he had a bad season and, and Packers Twitter was off with his head and here he goes, we need to get rid of him, his time is up, Jordan Love season. Look, I'm all for Jordan Love when the time is right. We still have a quarterback that just won back-to-back MVPs, and he had a rough year, but in terms of stat, he was still up there with a lot of the guys. So here's the thing. We do not need to turn on Aaron Rodgers yet. We don't need to give up on him. But if he doesn't want to be a part of the team and he wants to be traded, then we have no choice. And I'm happy that he's kind of accepted it. And I don't want to say accepted, but he knows what the Packers want because it seems like the Packers want to trade him. And he's okay with it, which is good because I don't want him leaving on bad terms with the Green Bay Packers. This is his team. This is his where he grew up. Well, not where he grew up, but where he grew up as an NFL player. He got a Super Bowl, MVPs. He's got records. So I don't want him leaving on bad terms. Um, But on the other hand, on the good side of the Packers, we can get a lot out of this deal. A lot of teams need a a one-year plug-and-play guy. And I think... What we can get for Aaron Rodgers, who's still considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, is something that's good for the team. Now, the next question is Jordan Love. Is Jordan Love ready to go? And that, I don't, I'm questionable on that because we've kind of seen him in preseason and when times when Rodgers got hurt or when they're up and he goes in. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel yet. Now, he hasn't played significant times or time in a game. And so he hasn't really proven himself to me to be the guy yet. But neither did Aaron Rodgers when it was his time to go in. And look how that turned out. So I'm not, I have no comment yet until, if if this is the case of the future, and this is what we're going to see, I need to see it out and I need to play it out. But uh, I think overall on the offensive side of the ball, I think we're going to be on good terms. We might need to bring in a free agent receiver, maybe draft another guy and and start building that core. But now that we have Dubes and Watson, I I feel confident. And then the running back game, we have a great running back crew of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Now, a lot of people are calling for Aaron Jones to get traded. And I I question that. Not that it's going to be bad for Aaron Jones. Wherever Aaron Jones goes, he's going to be a great player. But that's a bad choice for the Packers. We need to keep him. He is a key part of the offense. He's a key part of Matt LaFleur's offense. And we need that running back room, especially him and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon is a great, he's a good running back. He's a great running back. But he's not a four-down running back, at least in my opinion. He's a big guy. He's a clear third-down running back. He's a clear short yardage running back. But we need a more elusive guy like Aaron Jones, a guy who can catch the ball, a guy who can run around, a guy who can do a lot of you know juke moves, spin moves. Not saying A.J. Dillon can't, but he's known for running people over. That's his thing. He's a power back. And there's obviously differences between an elusive back and a power back. You have a guy that can do a little bit more things and, and than A.J. Dillon, but you put A.J. Dillon when you need him. So, no, I don't want Aaron Jones to leave. A lot of people are saying a good spot for him would be the Dolphins, which it would be a great spot. But we need him, especially if we're getting a new quarterback, we need him to kind of be the centerpiece of the offense and to kind of take control, take over the offense and make it so if it's Jordan Love, if it's somebody else, they don't have to rely on him a lot. Teams that do that, the 49ers, Brock Purdy, great quarterback, 
But he has a lot of weapons around him where, you know, he doesn't have to make spectacular throws like Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert. He can just check it down to McCaffrey, give it to Debo, give it to George Kittle. So many different weapons. Another guy or another team I think of are the Giants. Saquon Barkley can take, I don't know, like 45 snaps, 60 snaps, and just run around. Daniel Jones doesn't have to do too much. He can do enough, but not a lot where the offense relies on Daniel Jones being an elite quarterback. And I think if we're moving on from Aaron Rodgers, that's what we need. We need a good team around the quarterback so he's not doing everything, but he's doing just enough so we can score points, we can win games, and we can go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm excited to see the Packers' future. Um, I think we're going to need some help on the O-line a little bit. David Bakhtiari, man, I, I hope he's ready to go. He's had some injury problems, of course, but uh, if he can be ready, I'll be excited for that. Um, I think we're good. We're the the O line's a little iffy. Um, I was gonna say we're good, but kind of thinking over it, we could use maybe some veteran help there. But I think overall we're developing well. And then the defense, I think, uh, you know, in terms of linebacker, I think we could use some some strength in the linebacker. The secondary is in an okay place. Jair Alexander still one of the greatest corners in the game right now. Maybe we can get some safety help. And then the front, you know, I, it doesn't hurt. You see what the Eagles did with Ndamukong Sue Brings him in. And uh, Vincent Joseph, I think his name is, um, brings in two veteran D linemen to stop the run. And all of a sudden, they continue their do- dominance and end up in the Super Bowl. So, you know, if it, if it works, don't fix it. So maybe we can do that. There's a lot of things we can do. The combine's coming up. The draft is coming up. We, we like to draft good and train our guys. We're not big on free agency. And so if that's what you're going to do, then do it. Make your guys. Continue to build them. We might have some rough transition years, especially if this is the first year without Aaron Rodgers. But I think we're going to get it done, and I think we're going to be okay. Now, in terms of Aaron Rodgers, where is he going to end up? You know... You know me, I, w- I want to say the Packers, but it seems like the Raiders is is a key spot. The Raiders or the Jets are seemingly where it's going to be, and Devontae Adams is a Raider, so it would make sense to go the Raiders. I think the Jets would probably pay a lot more, pay top dollar. Um, but if you've seen what Aaron Rodgers is doing, he is going into his little chamber, his chamber of secrets, I guess. He's, he's doing a thing where he's staying in a house, pitch black, for about four or five days, and you get a lot of self-thinking, some some stuff, some mental stuff. I, I assume he's probably going to be taking some sort of psychedelic. You know, he's a big, he's a hippie. He likes his hard drugs, and uh, I think he'll come out of there with a, with a decision. And whether that is to retire or go to the Raiders or stay with the Packers, I'm happy for him because he's he's been my quarterback for so long. I'm not going to turn on him. I'm proud of him for what he's done for the team. And uh, I can't wait to see what he can do next. So that's the Packers for you. Rough season. You know, forget about it. Move on. Season's over. Let's start building our guys and let's begin this new franchise of players, whether that's with Aaron Rodgers or not. So next up, we're going to talk about the NFL honors, the awards, and kind of just go over them and, uh, and see who won, who was close, and just kind of talk about it. So first up, I want to talk about is the Walter Payton Man of the Year presented to Dak Prescott, quarterback cowboy. Quarterback cowboy. Cowboys quarterback, excuse me. Um, this, is, this award 
and a lot of players have spoken on this, is up there with the MVP because, you know, MVP is what you do on the field, but the man of the year is what you do off the field. And the impact you make on your community, on your teammates, on the, on the league itself. And I've heard a lot of great things about Dak Prescott. You can talk to him or talk about him as a player and what he's done and hasn't done for the Cowboys. But the work that he's done off the field has been great. You know, we all know his story with his uh, mother and his brother. And so, you know, congratulations to Dak Prescott. I think it was, it, it's a great award. It, it's an award that I would be super proud to have. And I, I bet he is too. He gets to wear the patch on his jersey and on his helmet now. And so, congratulations, Dak Prescott. It was funny at the Super Bowl. If y'all heard, Philadelphia booed Dak Prescott as he was being presented the award. Philadelphia fans, man, they are, they're something else. And, uh, you know, you got to be true to your word as an Eagles fan. And I feel like that kind of goes with the, that's what you sign the contract. You, you got to hate Cowboys no matter what, even if it's for the man of the year. So congratulations to Dak Prescott. Next up, we have the next gen stat moment of the year. And that was Justin Jefferson's catch against the Bills. I mean, it was a crazy catch. And uh, he won the Offensive Player of the Year for a good reason. Justin Jefferson has been a crazy receiver since he's gotten into the league. And I'm excited to see what he does. Now, now the question comes with the Vikings is Kirk Cousins. Do we think Kirk Cousins is a good enough quarterback? Is he quote-unquote elite? Can he get the job done? Should he stay with the Vikings or should he... Or should the Vikings at least move on from Kirk Cousins? And, man, it's being a Packer fan, I get to watch the Vikings a lot because we're rivals and we end up playing each other a lot. And I'm sorry I keep saying we, but, you know, they're my team, they're my guys. It's we. It's a plural thing. But I, I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback that gets the Vikings to the next level. And so do you draft a quarterback – and kind of let them sit under Kirk Cousins until it's time? Do you trade Kirk Cousins now for, for some you know, good draft picks and good players and, and start building? It's, it's a questionable thing because, like I said, Kirk Cousins gets the job done. He gets them as far as he can, but I don't think he'll ever be the guy to get them to the next level. And so I think they ride it out, but I think they start to prepare and start to get the next guy up whoever they think can be the next franchise quarterback and start getting ready to build their team around him because they have Justin Jefferson, they have Dalvin Cook, their defense is getting better. I think they're getting weapons, and they're close, but they need something to get over the hedge, and I think that hedge will be a new quarterback. Next up are the rookies of the year, and I say rookies because they were both Jets players, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, cornerback, wide receiver for the New York Jets, and you know, seeing this, hearing that, that just makes me excited if I was a Jets fan because now you're building a foundation, and that's what it takes to build a Super Bowl team. Now, it's not the only strategy. You can do what the Rams do or did, build everybody up, get your one-year team win and get out, and it works. It's proven before. But you see the Eagles, most of the guys on the Eagles were drafted by the Eagles, except for A.J. Brown, of course, a couple other guys. But that's an all-natural team. That's a team of guys that have been in the program, built by the program, and are slowly moving up. And this could be the next step for the Jets. Is this going to be a next-year deal where all of a sudden they're going to flip the switch? I don't think so. 
But you see the pieces being built. And Aaron Rodgers, if he becomes a Jet, will change that team instantly. I think it will bring a lot out of them. They just need to find our guy. Derek Carr, maybe. Joe Flacco, I don't think so. Mike White, maybe. Zach Wilson, I doubt it. So they have a lot of questions to be answered in the quarterback room, but with Sauce Gardner winning, Garrett Wilson winning, it's a good sign for Jets fans. Next up, we have the Defensive Player of the Year, and it goes to Nick Bosa, 49ers defensive end, obviously. I mean, what a guy, what a player, what he can do for the 49ers on defense. He makes such an impact. He's a great player, a strong athlete, and the 49ers were this close to getting there. Almost got to the Super Bowl, and I think it would have been an interesting game against the Chiefs. I, I don't think it would have been as good. I think the Eagles were the right choice for the Super Bowl. Uh, everyone keeps talking about the script writers. So script writers, you did a good job picking the Eagles. It was a great game. But Nick Bosa on that 49ers defense, he just tears everything up and destroys the game. So, of course, he is your defensive player of the year. And then we already talked about it, offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson, Great guy, freak athlete, does a lot of crazy things. But the Vikings need a new quarterback if they want to get over the edge because Justin Jefferson will make whoever that is look really good. Then we have the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. And there's been some debate. And I don't know if it's been debate on the mainstream, but it's been debated throughout my groups of friends and my my little circle. Does Geno Smith deserve to be in the conversation of comeback player of the year? I say that, and the argument comes up because my friends, they say that, well, he wasn't injured. He didn't come back from anything. He's always been in the league. He just was benched, didn't play well, and then had a great turnaround year once he finally got his opportunity again. And so I see, I see where that argument can come in, and I see where people can say that, but... For me, I am on the side of, yes, he deserves to be considered a comeback player of the year. Because, no, he didn't come back from injury. Or or like DeMar Hamlin, I, I don't know if it's considered injury, but a freak accident. But he came back from, you know, the, the critics and from the stat line, not looking very good and him having kind of a bad rep as being a quarterback that can't get it done came back and put up a great season for the Seahawks and got them in the playoffs. And so that is damn well a comeback player of the year. He turned his life around, and hopefully he'll either stay the Seahawks or go somewhere else and you know be the next quarterback. But, yeah, I think it was a great choice for comeback player of the year. I think he had a great season. And uh, the Seahawks, you know, if, if they can figure it out, they can be a threat. Because D.K. Metcalf's a great receiver. And uh, Breesy Hall great running back their defense defense lacks a little bit the the legion of boom is is obviously no longer existent but geno smith comeback player of the year well deserved they wrote him he didn't write back (laughs) next up we have the coach of the year brian debull from giants we talked about the giants and you know they 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 turned it around daniel jones a guy that people were ready to move on from saquon barkley he's hurt he's not going to be the same and all of a sudden, these guys just Brian Coach DeBull comes in, Brian DeBull, and all of a sudden these guys are contenders. And and that's also a shout out to the NFC East, who was considered the weakest conference 
or division. Division, I think they call it now, division. The weakest division in the NFL, and all their teams were in the playoffs. <laughs> well, let me, let me check that. Three of their teams, the three successful teams were in the playoffs, and the Giants went far, and the Eagles obviously went very far. Cowboys, it's okay. We're, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, Hump will probably, he touched on it enough. You can go listen to it on Down and Out, Hump's new show. Um, but the Giants, great season. Only can go up from here. Do they move on from Daniel Jones? Um, it depends how much he's asking for. Um, I think he earned himself at least one more year as a starting quarterback. If he can do it again, now we're talking business. But, yeah, he proved himself after this season, and I think he's kind of earned himself a spot to continue growing the player he is. And then finally, we have the most valuable player goes to Patrick Mahomes, and the competition wasn't really there. I think it was really between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Um, if Jalen wasn't hurt for two games, maybe the conversation is different just because he turned a team around like the Eagles that weren't considered to be you know, a favorite. But Patrick Mahomes is did crazy numbers this season. He took a team that a lot of people thought weren't going to be very good. Tyreek Hill is gone. Uh, Travis Kelsey slowly falling off the radar. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to have as good of a season. And they, they did it. They did it again. They added um, uh, MVS. Martez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. And all of a sudden, they got two pretty average receivers. And they got Isaiah Pacheco, a running back probably no one heard of before the season. And they turned into a Super Bowl champion. And that just goes to Andy Reid and what the Chiefs can do. And so, of course, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP, second one. So the next part of that conversation is, will Patrick Mahomes end up as the GOAT? Now... If he retired now, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Two Super Bowls, two MVPs, I think five All-Pros, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he's done all of this at 27, so he still has a lot of time left. But that already in itself is a Hall of Fame season. Now, will he be? how many more does he have to win to be the GOAT? I'm not going to lie. I don't think he has to win as many as Tom Brady does to be considered the GOAT just because of his talent and the numbers he puts up. And that's nothing against Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, you know, considered the greatest of all time. I never thought he was the most skilled quarterback, and I think a lot of people agree. But the record is there. The accolades are there. So I just think longevity is what will make Patrick Mahomes a GOAT. If he can stay around as long as Brady did, of course, because his numbers will skyrocket past his. But... I don't think he needs as many Super Bowls. I think maybe two more. If he can finish with four Super Bowls, he would be considered the GOAT. I think people would give him the GOAT if he won one more. So I think Patrick Mahomes, if he continues in this direction, will become the GOAT. That's hard to do. Uh, You saw his ankle. He's gotten beat up sometimes, and he's had some injuries. And so it's hard to play as long as Tom Brady did. But like I said, and I'll repeat it, I don't think he has to win as many to be considered the GOAT, and I think he's on track. Just no bumps in the road, and I think we'll be fine. He will end up as the best. People will will talk about him for a long time. Now, finally, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. The Chiefs get the win, 38-35, to and, and probably one of the 
better Super Bowls we've seen in the last couple years, back and forth, pretty even competition, and it was really exciting. And uh, there's a couple things we need to talk about first before we get into the game. And the first thing is, you know, considering this is the greatest Super Bowl, I, I will say this, and, you know, you can quote me or not, you can say I was right, Chris Stapleton had the best national anthem performance I have ever heard, ever. I'm talking about every national anthem I've ever heard. This was the best one. I love, And I might be biased. I love Chris Stapleton, but it was so good, so much passion. And seeing Coach, the Eagles coach, crying, that was crazy. Jason Kelsey crying. And so it was a great national anthem. Start off hot. So the first topic we need to talk about in this game is the turf. Now, I don't know if you've heard the, the rumors of Sodgate. That's that's what it's being called. But so the the turf was this type of new sod grass or something like that. And the creator of this grass, they call him the sod father, is a Chiefs fan. And the whole rumor is, is, you know, the Eagles all had to change cleats. The Chiefs did not. People are thinking that the Chiefs knew about this beforehand. So there's a big story behind it. I don't know how much I can get behind it, but... I can say that it was, here's the thing, this is the Super Bowl, so everything should be top-notch, state-of-the-art, All you saw all the helmets, they were all spiky clean, shiny clean, so in terms of the field, it should be the best you have, and to see people slip around and fall over, it's, it's just disappointing, because now people can point fingers and say, well, if the grass wasn't like that, if the turf wasn't like that, it'd be different. I don't know. It, it not everything can be perfect, and so I, I guess it, it. As long as both teams were messing up, it just seemed like for me watching it that more Eagles players were slipping than the Chiefs were. And I don't know about the whole sod gate. I think it's a little crazy, but if that's true, that's crazy. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how that would end up. I guess the Chiefs would have to forfeit the championship I'm not sure uh, next up I want to talk about is the Kelsey Bowl so I, I'm a big fan of New Heights their podcast and so it was really cool to see Jason and Travis Kelsey playing especially after I followed their podcast all year long but man it sucked it sucked to see if you've seen the video of Miss Kelsey hugging Travis and then hugging Jason it's tough for Jason that that must be a hard thing to do is you just lost your Super Bowl to your brother, but you need to be the bigger man and, and make sure he has a good time without making it, you know, ruin it for him. And so that was really cool to watch. Sucks to see Jason Kelsey lose, but happy for Travis Kelsey. Does Jason Kelsey retire? That kind of seems to be the rumor. I sure hope not. He's he's one of the greatest centers of all time, and he was a key part of that Eagles offense. And so if it does happen, congratulations, Jason, on a great career. But I hope you can stay in it because these Eagles, they got a shot. They got a shot to continue going on and playing and probably getting there next year. So let's get into the game itself. The game was a Philadelphia-dominated game. They held on to the ball. They were converting. They were, in the first half at least, they looked great. Yeah, the Jalen Hurts fumble definitely you know set things back for them, but they were running the ball. They were QB sneaking it everywhere. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal. Jalen Hurts was the MVP of that game. 
it, it's just they lost. Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts put Philadelphia on its back and carried them throughout the game. And it, it, it sucks because he doesn't get awarded the MVP because he lost. But what a great game for him. Probably the best game he's ever played. But a Philadelphia-dominated um, first half. Now, I, I say dominated, but the Chiefs hung in there. They scored pretty quickly. Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown, and they scored again in the second quarter. But Philadelphia scored 17. And the second half is where it all changed. And you could kind of feel it watching the game. You could feel the transition from the first half Chiefs and the second half Chiefs. And Andy Reid was cooking. He was cooking it up. They were making the defense look pretty silly, especially on the two touchdowns, um, one to Sky Moore and the other to Kadarius Toney. I mean, they had they had the cornerbacks lost, and they were wide open, which means they out-schemed them. They outplayed them in the second half in terms of scheme, offensively and defensively. Uh, the Eagles still stayed in it with Jalen Hurts, but at the end of the day, you can't let Patrick Mahomes have the ball, and you can't have Patrick Mahomes have the ball last, and that's what they were able to do. They run out the clock, kick the field goal, Jalen Hurts has one more chance, and he couldn't get it done. Um, I just thought it was a fun game. It was fun to watch both teams go. You know, I talked about running the ball, but the Chiefs had the Eagles held down in terms of running game. They were able to stop them. The Chiefs were able to run a little bit. Isaiah Pacheco, man, that dude is a psychopath. He runs He runs angry, and you can see it. Um, bounced off every hit, going crazy. And so I thought it was a really fun offensive game. In terms of defense, <laughs> I mean, obviously with the score 38-35, to 35, not a lot there, but Bolden, the linebacker for the Chiefs, was freaking everywhere. I mean, he was making plays left and right. Strips, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say strips Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts fumbles. He picks it up, scores a touchdown. And so it was a great game. But the MVP, the MVP of the game is the Chiefs' offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line gave up zero sacks. And this is a team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are third place in, in sacks, only behind the two greatest defenses ever, the Chicago Bears defense. The 95 or 96 Bears, I think, or 96, 97. You know what Bears I'm talking about. The Bears, the Bears. And so they held them to zero sacks. And that's important, especially when you got a, a quarterback like Mahomes who was beat up with an ankle. you got to keep him off the ground. And to give up zero sacks, especially a team that was leading the league in sacks, it's crazy. And so the MVP should go to the O-line. But either way, a fantastic game. And then the end. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about. The holding penalty. Yeah, there's two different sides of this. It's a, it's a small penalty. Let them play. You got to call it. And I, it's, it, it sucks because it did ruin. I wouldn't say ruined. But it, it made... It turned that game, could have been a, a really interesting overtime game if the if the Eagles were able to, to go and score, maybe. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a penalty. They showed it. There's a kajillion angles on the field. And so they showed it. It is what it is. It was a penalty. And, you know, I, Bradbury is a great player, but he can't hold. If he just would have let go and tracked it a little bit better, maybe it would have happened. The ball wasn't going to be catchable anyway, so I doubt Juju would have caught it. And so, you know, it sucks. It sucks that's how the game ended, but the rules are the rules. And uh, 
you call it, you got to call it. That's just how it is. And so that's how I feel on the penalty. Would I wish it didn't happen? Yes, but it did. And that's what it is. You just got to roll with it. But congratulations to the Chiefs, Super Bowl 57 champions. Can they repeat next year? We're just going to have to find out. I'm excited to watch it as a as a fan. I'm excited to to see how this next season goes. And uh, like I said, the plan for Walk On Radio is we're going to do some more guest stuff. We're going to kind of be, we're not going to be every week. Uh, we'll have a guest here and there. We're going to get close to combine and draft time. We'll, we'll talk about that. And so a lot of stuff to reach on. You know, we have XFL and USFL. Maybe I'll get into that a little bit. So I'm really excited for Walk On Radio. Uh, f- listen to us anywhere. And of course, this episode is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.